1: cult and
0: classic. Welcome friends and fiends to another episode of cult and classic podcast the podcast where we bring you two thematically linked films one mainstream and one cult and talk about them both. This is part two of our uh, what what did I call it? It is the... Um,
1: prehistoric women. Prehistoric,
0: prehistoric women, ladies, Prehistoric ladies. That's right. Ladies. I was like primordial. There's too many <laughs> uh, words. Yeah. Pre- prehistoric ladies. Last week, we talked about the um, uh, sort of cult mainstay, but truly mainstream film, One Million Years B.C. from Hammer Studios, featuring Raquel Welch. It's from 1966. And we had a lot to say about it. This week, we're talking about the new 2022 film, Daisy Durkin's and the Dinosaur Apocalypse, uh, starring Nadia White, from writer-director Mark. Sorry, my my uh, system is spazzing out a bit here, but Mark Mackner Now, this is actually the third in the Daisy Durkins series, and uh, I understand from Mark that he is actually working on the fourth film called "Die Daisy Die," uh, which I'm excited about. Now, this movie. Do you need to have seen the first two films? No. Are there 30 million characters in this movie, many of which were from the prior films? Yes. Um, but this entry is, there's a lot to talk about with this. This is for the fans of, <laughs> this is for the So fans much to of, talk
1: about. Of
0: ultra low budget, um, really auteur shot on video style filmmaking. Um, it is mm-hmm. shot digital, but uh, first- I'm your host, as always, Nate Wyckoff, film critic and comedian. And with me, I have Mandy Longley. How are you doing, Mandy?
1: I'm good. Uh, I was like, you were going to bring the fur bikini. I was going to bring the Mexican wrestling match. Neither of us yep. followed through on that, but it's Neither just a of podcast, us did. so you can imagine that we did.
0: <laughs> That's right. I, I mean, this is, so One Million Years B.C. is a relatively self-serious film. They, they play it very straight. <laughs> Um, yeah. Daisy Durkin's in the Dinosaur Apocalypse is absolutely 100% zero seriousness at all. And totally um, self-aware. It is completely self-aware of how ridiculous it is. Literally to the point where there is a, a character, a, the narrator, who pops in several times to tell us that the last scene didn't make much sense. So here's what <laughs> happened and what you need to know for this scene. Um, <laughs> to make sense. To make sense. And and he's actually, there's a scene at the, the, one of the final scenes is he's actually pushed out of the way by a character because, uh, who says, they don't care, it doesn't matter, it's the end of the movie. Um, and and that is kind of a delight. As I said, there are 30 million characters in this movie, which is kind of unusual for an ultra low budget picture because as anyone who's tried to make a movie or even a short film or even a fun high school movie, It's hard to manage a lot of people. It's hard to get people to know lines. It's hard to get people in the same place. It's hard to do all sorts of things. Um, Mark Mackner, I really respect this. His solution to this problem was to not care whether or not they knew their lines or you could hear them or a scene (laughs) made total sense uh, and find ways to instead still fix the scenes together whether it's with a narrator or a text. image like uh all of Velocipast you know it's something it's it's just it's wild um
1: I'm gonna give you the plot I get this whole sense that it was like he was going for it's good enough like yeah, in every like, scene like is it, getting is it the point yeah. yeah like yeah. is it like is it yeah but is it close enough to being complete is it good enough can we get the gist like and if not like I'll patch it together with something later but like it's good enough and everyone was having a blast so yes, you know like
0: that's I yeah when I so when I got this movie I bought this movie from the filmmaker and um uh, sort of sight unseen and I said okay uh, I'm just gonna watch this for my own pleasure because I want we watch so many movies in the podcast and I actually do try and make time to watch additional films to stay abreast of current things that are happening uh, and because I love movies uh that's why we're here and I started I 15 minutes into this movie. It's about an hour and 47 minutes. Um, I, I turned it off and I said, this has to be on the podcast. We have to talk about this movie um, rather than, than just me keeping it to myself. And <clears throat> it, it, I'm going to give you the plot as best I can, but keep in mind, this Good plot, Lord. I have to go so simple because if I actually try and tell you all of the little side moments that that feed back into the plot uh, the side characters that are here or there it's a nightmare you're gonna hate it this is it will be you'll be like Nate you went too far Uh, I'm never listening to you again so I'm not gonna do it here's the plot Daisy Durkins is a character who is known as a monster fighter from the previous movies that's her claim to fame but there are very few monsters to fight now in fact there's pretty much none there's one that pops up for an unknown reason um but there's none so she doesn't know what to do with herself so she Uh, has become besties with a a wrestler raven mad uh which is a fun pun raven mad and she is uh deciding to try being a wrestler well uh, a wrestling promoter sees her and says i want you to headline the next big match which kind of pisses raven off because that's been raven's goal and daisy of course doesn't really care and hasn't really been doing it for very long uh this triggers a series of events along with daisy running into a former villain um silas silas kill me silas killington see i'm missing the name silas killington who is played by filmmaker mark Mcner. and she runs into him and he's like oh i love her but i can't let her see me like this because i'm feeding pigeons and i'm just playing in a in a punk band and i'm doing nothing evil and it sets him down this like road of uh, sort of identity crisis and so he's like i have to do an evil plot and this guy who is doing his own evil plot and builds a time machine then is roped into using the time machine to get dinosaurs to bring them to the present to conquer the world makes zero sense totally fine so daisy durkins and a million other characters who pop in uh try and stop uh, silas killington and and the several other factions who are vying for the time machine from destroying the world. Uh they do. The world is not destroyed. There are dinosaurs. Uh the town of, of Philadelphia where this was filmed is heavily destroyed, I I assume, uh by all the dinosaur rampage, but that's not really a big deal cuz we get a lot of wrestling. Some I I believe a lot of the cast uh are local wrestling uh, personalities. Um and I'm going to throw this out there. I actually have strange ties and strange history to the sort of these these pop-up local wrestling uh, leagues that kind of try and parallel the WWF, the WWE, um, WCW, all of these wrestling, um, you know, the theater of American wrestling, the not real wrestling. Uh, When I was in high school in Wausau, Wisconsin, I fell in with a, a fun group of kids, friends who were obsessed with wrestling, and they would... Um, pretend they would make their own cards, make their own matches and pretend to be characters from uh, the actual programs. And I was brought in because I had a camera and I was filming things. So I filmed tons of matches for them. Uh, I did never really get involved. I was never much of a wrestling fan. It just wasn't my thing per se. Um, Until I was older and I found Luchador. I love Mexican wrestling. The costumes are baller, and even better than that, we had Santos, Blue Devil, all of these um, iconic horror wrestling movies out of Mexico um, that were just delights. I totally fell in love. So, this movie has a bit of all of that. And I appreciate Mark Mackner bringing in other people who already have a thing like their wrestling and using it in his film. That's fun. Uh, I was describing the plot; it went off the rails. That's exactly what happens with the plot; it goes off the rails. Daisy Duke wins, um, or Daisy Durkins, Daisy Duke. Huh? Daisy Durkins wins, although she's actually a very small portion of the movie, uh, <clears throat> because there are so many characters. Uh, something I will say right off the bat: there are some great punk songs in this. Uh, it's totally worth seeing, and every character is also in a band, pretty much. Um, there, there are bands everywhere. Uh, and yes if you're wondering there is nudity there is lots of um, ladies pretending to wrestle one another and some actually wrestling each other there is just nothing serious about this movie whatsoever Um, it could be a kids a goofy kids movie except for the fact that they cuss and there's nudity but it's it's played with the levity of a kids goofy kids movie like one of those five dollar bargain bid walmart kids movies that looks roughly like you know it's not harry potter it's magical children you know something like that mandy what were you expecting uh when i showed you daisy Durkins and the dinosaur apocalypse versus what did you actually get
1: well so like i mean you were very excited about it so you hyped it you were like i watched the first 15 minutes kind of remind me a little bit of moist fury except there's like more nudity and maybe sexy type stuff going on. Um, so like, it's amazing. And I was like, oh yeah, this is going to be absolutely amazing. <laughs> but I was thinking it was going to be like more serious. I don't know if you can yeah, call Moisperia dis- serious. I don't but know, like but, there is, but the characters
0: take it seriously. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But like Chris is like way more of like a serious filmmaker. Like he, sure. he makes a movie. Yeah.
0: Like it pro- feels like say a that. movie. The production value, Chris, understands filmmaking his mm-hmm. editing and his production values, his sound design, everything yep. like that. He's been doing this a long time, mm-hmm. makes sense and it works and it is a high quality. The first thing any viewer will, will, will find out as when they when they <laughs> when they load up Daisy Durkins or they pop in the D V D is that this there is no there's really no sound mastering at all Mm-mm. and there are, I don't know if the entire thing is filmed on a cell phone or but segments are filmed on cell phones um the quality even on the DVD is quite low on the video uh I will say it has a certain charm to it
1: yeah one absolutely
0: thing, sure the one thing though that any filmmaker who is is has been on larger productions um at all will tell, even small film, larger productions, will tell you is sound is the most important thing in the world. People will watch a, 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 a grainy blob on the screen, but if it's hard to hear, they will mm. hate you. And that is unfortunately true. Um, mm. We've talked, I mean, I think I usually shy away from doing films where the sound is truly problematic on this podcast usually the worst i'll get is maybe a Click film which as we discussed when we talked about um attack of the scarecrow on mars he usually uses i believe on camera mics which are they they pick up a lot more ambient sound in the area so it usually is not as good quality audio but that's part of the job part of the gist for his films there's a very art angle to it a very lo-fi angle this is not the case with Daisy Durkin's and The Dinosaur Apocalypse. It is it is truly a, <laughs> a, a technical problem uh, across the board. Uh,
1: it is a kaleidoscope can... of uh, different methods of getting the sound onto yes. the film in, that you're watching. Like even just in a dialogue between two people, like the sound <laughs> is recorded and presented differently for each of the characters
0: there's one in particular when Daisy first runs into Silas in the park oh. when he's feeding birds her voice is as though she is a robot it is somehow <laughs> processed very strangely um like really like I am like really off the wall and his just sounds like he was maybe filmed in a tunnel um and then when it changes his camera position to him uh from a different angle he sounds as we would expect from an on-camera mic like relatively normal it's it's off the wall baddie and <laughs> I can only assume it, that it's, as you said, good enough. Mark Mackner went for good enough. and it's Good enough. It really got the did, line,
1: me, Yeah. Like people heard the line, moving on. I,
0: I'm not going to lie. It like, sort of charmed like, me. <laughs>
1: it's a choice. It was consistent through the whole film that that yeah. was the choice being made. So it was like, after you kind of get used to that's what's happening, like you, you almost forget that it's happening because it's just like, oh, okay, like this is just how it was made. Um, and Yeah. It's a kind of charm. It's just like, it just has a like good enough we're getting this done i have yeah. this idea i want to get it in front of people to have a good time the people making the movie are having a good time like the people who will watch it will have a good time and like and, and yeah. having the higher production quality like doesn't matter for this idea and like mm. honestly like it, they did a really great job with the like the special effects and the dinosaurs and stuff mm-hmm. and even that's kind of like all over the place like so yeah. it's like animated they have, cartoons they actually have like,
0: puppetry and it yeah. looks like some stop motion on Pu- the yep. on the dinosaurs which is a delight yeah. because you know we've seen we've seen lots of dinosaurs on uh, uh, through our viewing of cult and classic yeah. podcast we and also they're kind of a hot topic in the low budget film world. Um, I mentioned Velocipass earlier, which we haven't actually covered on the podcast, but it has gotten a lot big wide audience. But the difference is, is that I, I equate Daisy Durkin's and The Dinosaur Apocalypse more, less to that, and more to something like um, uh, Dinosaurs in a Mining Facility, which we which we touted, at least I touted, uh, as, as a, a successful achievement of small filmmakers because and that one uses 3D dinosaurs that essentially are taken from public domain sources, yet it's in how you use them, right? And so I appreciate Dino- Daisy Durkin's The Dinosaur Apocalypse. You nailed it. It was mm-hmm, stopped at do. just good enough, but yep. it was intentional. Everything is mm-hmm. intentional. And Everything. there are little bits of fun things, whether it be, um, oh, Daisy's changing for some reason. Or, mm-hmm. it's, um, or hey, this, this dinosaur is a puppet and I haven't seen that yet. Um, Or, hey, uh, we have a a world wrestling legend, Nikolai Volkov here in his last role, I believe, before he passed. He actually passed before the movie came out. Um, People will remember he's the the heel, the Soviet heel, uh, who fought with the Iron Sheik and won a tag team championship. I didn't know about him because he's such a fun, goofy character, but he's in this, right? So there's all these little interesting moments. I think a lot of people will hear me talk about this and they're like, why do you, like what about this movie makes you like it so much? And I guess the biggest part though, the writing has good jokes. I really think there are lots of good jokes in this movie and it is hampered by the sound. (laughs) Some of them don't land. Also some of the actors are not probably actors. Uh, and and we that's nothing new here at Colton classic podcast and so sometimes the delivery is questionable but i laughed a lot i repeated much to the annoyment of my wife several of the lines and exchanges (laughs) while i'm watching it um for example the the wrestling promoter who says the first thing um unintelligibly because he always has a cigar in his Mm -hmm. mouth and his assistant always repeats what he said <laughs> what it sounded like he said <laughs> without being what he said like you know the blonde. barry bonds he's like no who's the blonde you know like yeah it's those are funny moments um i think what i i, I don't remember saying amazing to you about this movie because i try not to okay herself, maybe I not did, amazing but i like- do remember saying that it reminded me of very early Mystery Science Theater 3000 skits.
1: Oh, Not absolutely. The, I don't yes. think you told me that, but it also okay. reminded me of that, like with the scientist. Yeah, the like, mads. Absolutely. Uh, sure. I don't know what it was, but I had the same exact thought. I'm like, this is yes. just like the intro, like skit set up for MST3K. And and like, I love that. Ab- and like it's, 100%. It's goofball.
0: It's goofball. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of green screening. Um, mm-hmm. I will say this too. There's a lot of ultra cool locations uh, mm-hmm. In this, they mark shows some really fun places in Philadelphia, um like a, a punk club or a, like a bar that has stuff all over the walls and skateboards and cool stuff. Um, I know he used a local bookshop, uh, I think he used a college somewhere. So there's some neat places that were chosen to film, and then everything else was green screen. The green screen is oh,
1: I also is. like <laughs> laughed out loud, and this is I'm sorry. To the people who made the film if this was like not meant to be funny and it was just a good enough kind of moment but when they were doing like the wrestling show and they each of the wrestlers was coming through the curtain and you could see like the local rec like basketball team like playing a game or like some, just background. using the yeah. basketball court in the I... background i i almost beat that
0: i i loved it it was a good so it was a good yeah. moment i don't know either i loved it though i think again i think it might we're be like, a we're good enough moment that was like we're just filming here and choice. clearly yeah.
1: we're like sharing this space with what's just going on with the community
0: super delightful anyway I
1: mean, <laughs> loved it
0: i mean we're not at the recommendations yet but i'm gonna say this if you're listening to this if this at all sounds like the kind of thing you like like if you are a fan of say um uh, it's, it's not artistic to the extent that uh, Janice.click is. Um, but if you like this sort of really avant garde auteur homemade filmmaking, just go, seriously, just go buy this movie or go, go watch it. I, I, go watch the others. I will say this about the other films too Daisy Durkins is interesting because every movie he casts someone else as Daisy Durkins. Um, in great. fact, the the, the uh, <laughs> a former Daisy Durkins is in this as another character. So uh, it's it's you won't see Nadia White uh, in the previous ones in this role. But I, it's it, there's just it's fun. It's just fun. I it, like you said everybody had fun making it. it. That's why it reminded me of Moist Fury. I yeah. will say the production is much different because uh, I always hand it to to Chris. Chris Siever makes really well made movies. He even does. when he says they're trash. Uh, oh
1: yeah, he will they're the first they're one. But not, like, yeah. They're not, they're not tra- trash. You know, they're right. not trash. There are ones that I have not liked, but they are sure. all very well made.
0: Yeah. And Daisy Durkins is a different story. Daisy mm-hmm. Durkins is the perfect example of uh Lloyd Kaufman and James Gunn's books premise, make your own damn movie, right? Yeah. Like if anyone thinks they cannot make a movie and they want to, watch Daisy Durkins and the Dinosaur Apocalypse, not because it's bad, but because it will show you, you know what? There are lots of bits missing. He clearly didn't film a scene that shows well enough to transition from this to this, but he's making it work. and he's using all of these strange devices, whether it's a title card with text, whether it's the narrator, whether it's a totally different scene abutting it, you know, with different characters that somehow transitions better. it it works. Um, and the fact that you're sort of left up in the air about a lot of things a lot of the time it it becomes, it's so pervasive that you're you're taught as you watch to not worry about it. Mm-hmm. And that is to the benefit because then you can just enjoy what's happening on screen. There were a couple of conversations like in many, many improv based um or or even just comedy um, skit based things that they they were too long. And it's I think for the most part, it's probably either improv that was the issue or it was. A slow delivery from people that didn't necessarily have the comic timing needed to deliver the the punchline properly. And so it makes things seem long. I don't think they're that, you know, dramatically noticeable. As I said, the movie is for this type of film a little overlong, probably at about an hour and 47 or so minutes. I think it probably could have chopped off 10 to 20 minutes, but I mean, there's a lot happening in this movie. When I say there are a lot of characters, I'm gonna list off just some of the groups. There's Silas Killington and his bandmates, who are also his henchmen. One of which is a voodoo expert. There is um uh, yeah, I think he might have been my
1: favorite character. (laughs) He
0: was hilarious. You forgot about me. Yes, we did. Um, you know, uh, he was fun. Uh, I love when he's he's teamed with Raven Mad, uh, who's turned on Daisy and she is going off on him for asking her to peg him, which is probably the only actual dirty joke (laughs) in the whole thing. Um, and it's just fine. He plays it really well. There's um Daisy and her uh her, her family at one point. I loved her sister's character, her like little goth sister who hates her and is constantly hoping that she dies, but she always lives. um I love the line she gives to her dad. They're watching Daisy's match, and like she's like, "I I, I hope he, I hope they kill her." And he's like, "That's a terrible thing to say." And she says, "I'm a terrible person." Like it's just it was a great line. Um, there is the what was it the the sisters of the sands mm-hmm. or, or something like sisters of the sands yeah. and, and they're like um they're like time guardians um mm-hmm. i was watching this and anybody that's watched loki i was like oh loki season two looks great um it was it, it's their it, their their purpose is to stop people from messing up t- the timeline by time traveling there is um daisy's eventual ally who comes from the future when dinosaurs have destroyed everything uh and mm-hmm. she's on a mission all a terminator to destroy the time machine and the kill the people trying to use it there is the scientist and his uh, who makes the device and the his luchador um assistant that he got off craigslist which is another great line um who is he's is actually such a bad stereotype of a mexican wrestler that i think it transcends it transcends being culturally insensitive to just being ridiculous like it's literally not even and also he's played i think at several that's by several different people uh, or at least two different people at different times they clearly were, like and it's not even trying to hide at one point he has really long hair coming out from his mask and he's like he's like half a foot shorter um it just doesn't matter and um and then we have who else do we have we have oh and we have the well,
1: the, the financial backer by a um cell like phone blackmail no, no like what uh uh, what do they say like sh- they kidnapped this woman and then oh, she's the like daughter oh of the- <laughs> i'll like yeah. help you extort my dad i hate for, my like- dad
0: yeah i want to help you extort they have her uh yeah. who teams up with the luchador, luchador. And just- there's just so and then you have the cast of um wrestlers that yeah. that are there all and the then wrestlers my favorite wrestler character because her name is awesome uh misty mm-hmm. rex uh misty rex is in there and that's a delight and she uh can control dinosaurs um Mm -hmm. and is pretty okay with killing her opponent for real for some reason and uh i mean there's there are so many characters um i think and and a lot of these characters like i said i think mark mackner is smart to use people who are from specific subculture skill sets uh for example uh the local wrestling area um I I imagine there's local bands playing music although none of the bands who are actually on screen are playing yeah Yeah. exactly um the, the uh and I think um and like Sarah Weber plays Misty Rex she has produced and acted in many sort of wonky um, films like this, such as Dollface, Road of the Apocalypse, uh, which I think might be a short, but I'm definitely stoked to see that when I can. Um, Nadia White, who plays the lead, um, she's, her movies have been becoming more prolific. Uh, she's been in quite a few. Uh, she did uh some adult films, primarily fetish video films, which I I totally, I totally here's the thing. If you don't know what fetish videos really are, like if you, you like you know what they are, like oh, people like feet, people like bondage, whatever. If you've never actually seen like a modern fetish film series, I urge you to do it because there is something people think, oh well, it's sexy or naughty. If you don't have that fetish. <laughs> it's not it is wild um i i specifically recommend i she has two that that crack me up i just i just i'm so happy to have people making things like this there's fetish pros that are of course bound and 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 uh and wrestling things like that but then bratty foot girls which is foot trampling and face standing i mean these things look we all whether you think you do or not you have a fetish in you somewhere that will come out at some time and it will surprise you and I am 100% for people exploring the most bonkers things they can. So, um, uh, and also Daisy, I believe, is actually getting into the wrestling scene as well. So make sure you follow her accounts as well as Mark Mackner's, uh, uh, using her stage name of, in the movie Daisy, but Nadia White. Uh, I think it's Nadia White Official and Nadia White Wrestling, something like that. You can find her. Check out Colton Classic Podcast on Instagram and uh, and you can find her on our list as well. But just lots of people from like using their skills and interests will always add interest to your project right like if you and and they've filmmakers with no budget have been doing this for you know generations at this point you know whether it's um ray dennis steckler making a movie where a third of it is um vaudeville or burlesque shows because he was filming at a circus or a carnival or festival and was like oh I would like to put you in my movie, so I'm just going to film your act and add that in my movie and pad my running time. You know, like these things, they're 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 done because they work, and you're not trying to make something new that's going to cost you a ton of money. Um, and using people for that is is just it's smart, and I, I 100% endorse it. I, there's some cosplayers in here as well, and as I said, if you are a big wrestling fan if you're into the history of wrestling. This movie is what I believe is the last um work of of Nikolai Volkoff, who uh just is a great heel uh as well. So let's move on to recommendations. I'll start with mine because it's always obvious what mine is once I've talked about it. Uh I recommend Daisy Durkins and the Dinosaur Apocalypse to anyone who likes weird, ultra low budget films, because you're not going to be so thrown off by the, the the technical discrepancies throughout the scenes um, and the the bonkers narrative structure you're just going to enjoy the ridiculousness that's there like uh, a dinosaur green screened puppet ripping the nightgown off a woman uh, in a hotel as she flees down the hallway in what i can only describe as a bunny hop um, so she doesn't outrun the camera it's pretty great uh, I recommend this. Uh, it's great. Plus, also, if you like a little bit of uh, crust in your punk, d- the soundtrack is great. Uh, there's several fun songs, Die, Daisy, Die, but the dinosaur song is by far, which opens to a montage of now public domain dinosaur scenes from other movies and cartoons. That alone is worth the price of entrance to me. Uh, I mean, that that is the most fun music video ever. Uh, and The Chud would be happy to play uh, with the band making this music. I, I we're we're peas in a pod so i give my recommend if you like really polished movies if you're not going to be happy if you're like what did they say if, if every word really matters to you in that way uh, this will drive you bonkers and you're not the target audience and that's okay um, skip it go watch moist fury which we absolutely loved from chris siever uh, mandy would you recommend daisy Jerkins and the dinosaur apocalypse and if so why and to who?
1: um i mean this is a hard one to like really recommend because it's gonna be like anyone you recommend to like you just said like it's gonna be very like niche i would add to it like i'd repeat what you just said i would add to it like maybe you just really always wanted more of like the opening skits for mst 3 k but like also (laughs) to like make fun of them at the same time like mst 3 k style like of the Mm -hmm. skits (laughs) this might be a movie that you could enjoy watching in that manner um because everyone's having fun just the way they did when they made those like like when they did mst3k mm. like movies um and skits around them they're uh, self-aware
0: like you said they're right they're not,
1: self-aware they're you know the quality like, is
0: not it's not news to them
1: no so yeah so i would add that in there um i was just thinking like maybe there was another group of people i, I guess if you made wrestling videos like nate did as a young person like this will you know scratch that itch like you might enjoy it the, there were the wrestling scenes were quite good um like amateur like it take a like uh it felt like it had a very like live show feel mm-hmm. to it because it's just like what you would it see sitting on the show, side yeah. of the rim <laughs> sitting on the side of the, of the ring so I, I don't know but i have a lot of fun watching it um would have loved to see it trimmed down, like Nate said also. Like I think we're just very much of the same opinion on this, like through yeah.
0: and through. I'm I'm waiting, Mark. I'm I'm I know that the DVD just came out and streaming just came out, but I look forward to the future. I want a Blu-ray transfer. I want a director's uh mm-hmm. recut Blu-ray. Uh yes. and that would be fun. And also I can't wait for the sequel. The sequel is kind of set up in a post-credit scene a little bit, I think, and uh it looks like a lot of fun. Can't wait to see All what right. you come up with. I also want to give a shout-out, and I try to give a shout out to this in many of our movies. Um great job casting people of color and people of men and women, uh, and, and, and potentially non-gender binary, um, subscribing people of many sizes. Uh, there were, as I, as I said, there were human people in this movie. Um, and it's a human-sized
1: human. I felt somewhat represented and it was nice. It felt good. Yeah.
0: Like, I mean, like, obviously, uh, you know, Nadia White is, is a, is a, a, a model in fetish videos and she's there, uh, because you're supposed to have a lead that is eye candy certainly she fills that role but also she's a human-sized person Mm -hmm. uh and there are other people who are who are thinner or taller or shorter or wider it doesn't matter everyone and men too are represented um i i thought uh uh is it is it is it Who's it? is it guapo the name of the luchador this is this is where my my memory is failing uh, perhaps the audio <laughs> has something to do with that but um like i said he, he, in one character his size varies radically from scene <laughs> to scene um so uh you know everyone is represented uh yeah. so please support as i said in many other reviews also when you watch a movie like this you're supporting an independent creator Um, This is like going on Etsy and buying the handmade bar of soap rather than going to Target or Walmart and buying the box soap. You're actually supporting people who do this, not just the filmmaker, but, um, you know, wrestling stars past, local wrestlers. People in the in the uh, adult film industry, people in the non-adult film industry, you're just supporting people doing fun, creative things. So even if you say buy an independent film like this, or pay to rent it, uh, or or watch it on uh, Amazon Prime, getting them that you know quadruple quarter of a cent, uh, you're supporting the creative community, and that's always something you can feel good about. So uh, go out, spend your hard-earned money, uh, don't let the patriarchy get you down, and please listen to us every week we always have our new episodes on tuesday and sometimes additional episodes on friday we've had some great interviews recently check those out as well and you can follow us on cult classic podcast.com see all of our content you can also buy stuff from us we have fun zines and other cool things you can also leave a review wherever you get your podcasts and please give us max stars it helps other people find us and tell your friends word of mouth is the best reference we have thanks so much and to play us out as always is the chud with all about evil we